Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash BoostByTaxDay to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Addo Jr. 
The Derby de la Madonina and Manchester Derby are high up the weekend's agenda and the stakes couldn't be any higher. Well, the blockbuster matches in Italian football continue to come thick and fast. Lukaku seals it! Nailed on victory for Inter now! A bitter pill for Milan to swallow. But how sweet does that taste for Inter? Ball into the area. Bernardo Silva is there! On the corner of the six-yard box arriving with a little header that bounced across goal and in. Sterling, though, gives it back to Cancelo. Cancelo's right-footed cross towards the back post. Bernardo Silva heads it across and it's in. It's two for Manchester City. And Gabriel Jesus was there in the six-yard box. He looks to the heavens above the stadium in Budapest. And this time he's taken his chance. And Manchester City now have a very healthy lead in the first leg of this Champions League tie. Forward to Bernardo Silva, edge of the penalty area, and there is the breakthrough! Here he is again, fizzing it in, and Cavani makes the most of it for 1-1. Square again, as much as he could, but the wind blows it back, and Pogba! What a stunning goal! Inter Milan face AC Milan in the biggest fixture in the Italian Serie A and it's Oligana Solskjaer forcing Pep Guardiola into checkmate in that little battle for supremacy in Manchester. We have a special preview to games plus matches involving Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool and key fixtures in Spain, Italy, France and Germany. Also coming up, Lenta with the ball back to Sakodir. Sakodir will find Nabila. Nabila back again to Sakodir. Long one again to the right hand side. It's into Fabio Gama. Fabio Gama finds Imano Cempi. And that's the first goal! against the Fatal Mohamed. Long ball into the penalty box there. Lovely touch, man comes down. Referee goes for a penalty. Isaac Mensah lining up for this. Razak Abalora dancing on his line. While the sunshine slightly going into the shade under the clouds. Could this be the time for the rainbow to appear? Isaac Mensah hits the ball right. Saved by Razak Abalora. And this is truly the game of games. Of the Ghana Premier League match day two beckons with a review of the champions' visit to Wafa this afternoon. And there's a big return to the Barbera Sports Stadium for rivals Asante Kotoko. We have a complete preview ahead. If you'd love to send us a message, we'd love to read them via social media accounts. Joy slash 99.7 on Facebook, 0551-101-997 on WhatsApp, or you can tweet at us at Joy Sports GH. That's Formula 1-2. Stafford is keeping his cool, he's keeping his calm and composure, and he is keeping the lead as well. His first sector, a tenth up on Lewis Hamilton, it's taken him beyond that DRS threat. Well, that's been happening, Valtteri Bottas has finally got past Carlos Sainz. Max Verstappen is going to lead and double his advantage in the World Championship for the first time on US soil. Max Verstappen wins the US Grand Prix. Lewis Hamilton has to settle for second. The charge got close. But not quite close enough. The fireworks on track are replaced by fireworks shooting into the air. Verstappen wins at Cota. What a Grand Prix that was. Red Bull's Max Verstappen fended off a late challenge from title rivals Lewis Hamilton to win the US Grand Prix. Verstappen's victory, taking in impressively in an intense strategic fight, extended his championship lead to 12 points with five races to go. We're in Mexico with a preview. We'll be in Egypt to preview the ongoing CAF Women's Champions League and in the United States to preview Saul Alvarez versus Caleb Plant. Time to talk about what the world is talking about in the world of sports. Hello from me, George Addy Jr. and welcome. Radio, live online. This is the locker room with George Addo Jr. 
great welcome to what is going to be a very packed evening as we go through all the games to look forward to and quickly react to, well, the games in the various sports that have just taken place. We'll start from football, start from the CAF Women's Champions League. That's the mating edition that's taking place. And we've got some very good news to share with you. Yeah, because Hazaka's ladies managed to beat the Malibu Kings by three goals to one to post a very important result in the opening of this competition. And they're looking strong, going from one level to another. They just know no stopping. We'll just quickly have to do a little bit of analysis on what we saw. Now Badina is joining me. She follows the women football on the local face and, of course, on the African continent very, very well. And it's such a pleasure to have now joining us to just go through what we have just seen, the kind of spectacle we saw out there and why this Hazakas ladies team is looking just too good. Now, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I think you have to balance it because I know how to book Drew one one with uh, Wafa. <laughs> we'll talk about that later when who joins him, really. And uh, it's a good it's a good one. Now, tell me, how good are these girls? How good are they? We, we, we keep on reading about them. Not everybody has got the chance to see Hazakas ladies, you know, do what they do. Today, thankfully, CAF made it possible for us to see the game. But you have been watching them seen what they did in the Ghana Women's Premier League itself and, and gone all the way to Africa and still doing it. How good are these girls? Yeah, um, I think they are very good. Um, their performance is we should tell that in the whole continent that Azakas winning the treble here in Ghana wasn't a fluke because it is shown. Yes, they did everything here. They went to um, um, Wafu to win the qualifiers there and then to the Champions League proper. If there, there is one team in the um, Champions League that most Ghanaians are afraid of were this um, Malabo Kings um, team. But then, Azakas have proven that there's nothing that is going to stop them from um, from winning the trophy for Ghanaians. And today, the performance they put up, my God, they did everything right. What, what, what is it What is it about Azakas ladies, really? Because um, we're trying to go through it, and, I, and I, had a, I had a little chat with a friend when he tried to say, oh, fabulous ladies, Kumasi Asante, but I said no. Well, I think that the only club in Ghana that is um, practicing what we know out there, like the, I mean, the, the, the female team comes from the male team and are, you know, handled administratively centrally. That's what we've got with Hazakas ladies, right? So Hazakas yes. ladies, Hazakas men. Is that the reason why they're doing that well? No, I think the people at Hazakas really understand the game. They understand when it comes to women's football. They have a coach that uh, I've seen it all when it comes to the women's, women's league or women's football in Ghana. They have seen it all. Coach, you see, Bazidi, from, um, from the league itself, uh, even to the national level, is the, is the only Ghanaian coach that has won as a trophy when it comes to the All-African game. Mm. So the man knows what he's doing, what he's moving with Azakas League. And then again, when you ask if because they have the men, yes, they understand whatever they are doing. Because whatever they do for the men, similarly they do it for the women. Yeah. And so they understand that um, it is football. You know how like, they don't really go with the name women's football. Yeah. They yeah. know that they are doing football. So whatever they have to do for the men, they have to do for the same thing for the women. Mm. And so I think this is one of the reasons why you see that Azakas are dominating when it comes to women's football. In, the, in Ghana and also showing it on the continental level. Yeah, that, that's been really great from them. You know, th- there's a difficult question I'll, I'll ask you at the end of this. I know oh, it's right. going to be a difficult question for you and, and, and a lot of those who are following the football are throwing it at me. 
maybe I should do it now. <laughs> I should do it now because they're trying to look at how well Hazakis are playing and wondering Hazakis uh, are supposed to be under the pyramid that sits at the top, the Black Queens. So wh- why do we have the disparity? Because Hazakis are taking everybody by storm. And, and this is by no means a cheap tournament. This is the Maiden Calf Women's Champions League and they are beating teams like this. So why do we have that disparity with the Black Queens and, and, and what Hazakis are doing? Well, I think most, most of the players at Hazakis, they have um, their their age limit within our national team. Mm. Okay, mm. so sometimes, and I think in this particular season, the day that um, we have the, um, the call up for the black ones, we also have the same call up for yeah. the black princesses. Uh, mm. And fortunately, the princesses also have qualifiers. Uh, we can't push almost all the players from the youth community to the queen because we already have players that are the graphics uh, standard. Yes, you know about the development. How we need to move them from the junior rounds to the senior level. But then we are saying that the black business has an equally important uh, assignment. Mm. Qualifying to the World Cup is very important for Ghanaians. It's been a while. The youth are in and the youth are been qualifying. We want the black people to also qualify at all costs, so we need our best players. Please, somebody like you are saying, you say that why don't we, because as that person is the one, the league and all that, we should put their, put their players there. But we can't risk everything. We also need our black people yeah. to qualify. Yeah. Now we saw everybody uh, uh, winning the um, M- uh, MVP at this um, uh, this evening's match. Yeah. This is the this is the thing. Though, the captain of the uh, the U twenty team. We mm. don't expect her to move like that. We need her to help us to qualify to the U uh, twenty World Cup. Then again, as I said, Goalkeeper and Goalkeeper is also the number one goalkeeper for the U twenty. You can just move them. Definitely, you can promote them to the black team. But when they go, they are more experienced players at the black team level that they need to um, go and meet there. So I think it's a gaga process. We are yeah. seeing them. They are now playing the continental level. Nothing should stop any coach to call some of the players when they are performing to the senior national team because now they see it all on the continent. It's a good point that you've made. Uh, so what's what's next for the? I mean, what's next? I almost said what's next for the Black Queens. <laughs> what's next? <laughs> what's next for the Hazakis ladies in this competition? Um, I think um, we, 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 are, we are on course. Mm. We just won our first match. Our second match will be against the host. Nation and it's not going to be an easy game. I bring something. Everything that plays against a club from Ghana, and the moment they know the name Ghana, they want to do and they are possibly best to beat us. We didn't have this team, but trust me, the coach that we have, I think the coach is in that with and he's intelligent. He made some tactical things, and then you see that the goals were playing like that. I expect our doctors to improve on the performance they, they, they did. And this, mm. um, this evening, and so going into the team, I I believe and I know that from the group we are really going to qualify. But the stack is moving from the group stages to meet the other quality uh, uh, teams and the uh, quarter final level and the semi final. But I, I promise, and I'm saying that as other ladies are not going to come home now because we are really really going to prove that living in the trouble in Ghana by week. Well, that would be a great feat if you're able to win the Maiden Calf Champions or Women's Champions League. It will be great. Now, but, you know, thank you very much for your time, as always. We'll be looking forward to uh, the great stuff. And I think they will be able to court a lot of love from Ghanaians. And so it will become a Ghana affair. It must be a Ghana affair, obviously, yes. Yes. And the one thing that they did that 
Thank you very much for your time. And that was Nabadina. You know, uh, she's following the, f- the female football, the women's football, very, very well uh, on the continent as well uh, in Ghana. And it's good to see Hazaka's ladies go up there and get the results. Uh, good, good performance again. They beat the Malabo Kings by three goals to one. They're on to the next. And we'll be following all of that here. You're still in the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM. And definitely we'll have to turn our attentions then to what's happening in the male division. We're talking about the Ghana Premier League. We already saw a game. Yes, in Togakope, right. Wafa drawing one, one with Accra Hearts of Oak. But we need to touch on all of that because it's just match day two, but I love the excitement already. Dancing with the ball back to Sakode. Sakode will find Nabila. Nabila back again to Sakode. Long one again to the right hand side. It's into Fabio Gama. Fabio Gama finds Imano Jemfi. And that's the first goal! Back again to Fatal Mohamed. Long ball into the penalty box there. Lovely touch, man comes down. Referee goes for a penalty. Isaac Mensah lining up for this. Razak Abalora dancing on his line. Well, the sunshine slightly going into the shade under the clouds. Can this be the time for the rainbow to appear? Isaac Mensah hits the ball right. Saved by Razak Abalora. And this is truly the game of games. Day two coming very quickly, but so competitive already with what we have seen. The defending champions of the Ghana Premier League in a little bit of hot waters. Yes, you knew that. Not getting the result against Legon City is going to put a lot of pressure on Accra Hearts of Oak. It's just a bit telling right now. The game against Wafa is not a very good hunting grind for Accra Hearts of Oak anyway. They managed to rescue a point or get a point from uh, the Academy boys who were, you know, astute as always to ensure that they got that point. It was 1-1 between Wafa and Accra Hearts of Oak. We'll talk about that game and then talk about the games to come. Joining me on the line to do a bit of analysis on what's to come on Ghana Premier League March Day 2. And to tell you, we have updates for you and you want to follow us. You want to join our Twitter spaces uh, when we talk about the Ghana Premier League. We'll try to bring you up to speed with everything. Nuhu Adams joins me on the line. Nuhu, how are you doing this evening? Um, very fine, George. Yeah, yeah, you're in high spirits. And I, and I love the fact that it's only match day two. And already there's a buzz everywhere about the Ghana Premier League. You love that, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, week one was exciting. Week two have started so well. So we are hoping for the rest of the games to also go the way the first game has gone today. So we are battling for, for the Ghana Premier League. Uh, look, it's as competitive as ever. So can we start with the Hearts versus Wafa game? Well, let me say the Wafa versus Accra Hearts. Now, um, it, it should be a bit of a comforting result anyway. I mean, no, am I right to say it should be a comforting result that Accra Hearts will came back from Sogakope at least with a point? That, that's right, isn't it? Yes, uh, today on insurance, I predicted a draw for, 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 for the game because um, I know Hearts of Oak is not having a very good record at Sogakope. They've never won there. And if, even in the Premier League, they've never scored a goal at the home of Wafa. So I'm looking at how they started the league, drawing with Legon City. So Wafa also losing their first game in, in Kumasi against Kim Um It was always going to be difficult for us to go to that 
to pick all three points. Um, last week, I, I had the opportunity to watch Wafa, and um, you could clearly see that they, they've been affected by the absence of some of their key players, Abuka Ibrahim, Andrews, and Tim, um, Ogesim, Boache, Nigashi, Bote, the Togolese, Yusuf Ate. But um, the guys who, who, who replaced these players um, did quite well. Yes, they lost, but I think they, 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 they were impressive. But I, I still believe Wafa are yet to get to their, to their best yet. So I was expecting us to take advantage of um, Wafa's um, Wafa's weakness just to make sure they, they get a draw and that's exactly what they did. So um, I wasn't surprised um, to see a draw at the end of the game. But I think Wafa created some um, decent chances in the first half and um, Richard Atta was also equally good to, to those chances, saving a couple of them. But I think a draw in Sudakota is quite a fair result for, for both teams. But I think um, Wafa will get to their best after, let's say, we five because um, the new coach, um, Gulem, who is from Spain, mm. is, is trying to, to put the, the new players and the old guys together to, to form a, a solid team. But as a folk, um, I think that the, the defeat in Morocco has, has had a toll on the team. That's why they couldn't beat the Constitution and today to uh, draw. But all is not lost for Hasselhoff. We Last season, Hasselhoff started this way, but they ended up winning the, the Ghana Premier League. Yeah. I think they still have uh, more room for improvement, and I believe Hasselhoff will come back to, to, to their normal form and start to get some wins. Yeah, appears they, they took a hit in that uh, one game. And obviously, there are big games to come for Accra Hartsburg. If you look at it, yeah, there's Adriana Stars to come. There's Ashko to come. So much then. It's, it's such a packed month for them. And then well, there's Jess Saura to come home and away. And woo. So they will have to handle it as they go. But no, let's talk about the other game then. So once you have Accra Hartsburg drawing with Wafa 1 all, then it's an opportunity for Kumasiya Sanseko to go very early on in the season then to uh, quickly do as much as possible. Do what they can do in extending the lead uh, at the top or try to regain it and extend daylight between themselves and Accra Hartsville should be on the cards. But how is Kumasi buzzing ahead of what will be a return to the Babayara Sports Stadium in 21 months for the Porcupine Warriors? Well, well, um, after almost two years, no football at the Babayara Sports Stadium. The atmosphere in Kumasi is just amazing. The fans are just yearning for football. And, um, the, the, the friendly game at the Adakujache complex yesterday or two days ago um, shows how supporters are ready to be at the Baba Aspo Stadium to check Masters and to come on. So um, we, we are expecting a massive crowd um, on Sunday against the Team United. Kotoko can't afford to lose because hopes are very, very high after um, scoring in the last eight minutes of the game against Dream City to win 3 1. So um, Kumasi is buzzing. The fans are ready. Um, I know Bechem um, have also uh, formed a very good team um, with Augustine Oka in the team, getting um, a goal and involving in the other two goals in their 4-0 win against the Diama. Um, the, the new players are also joining up with the old guys in the Bechem team. So it's going to be a very beautiful game on Sunday. Um, it's going to be All right, we look forward to that. Uh, Nuhu, if I ask you to pick another game you'll be very interested in uh, because of the storylines, which game are you going for? Um, I'm going for a, a Diana Stars Kifisha game. Uh, not, not because it, it, it's going to be a cracking game. I, I think 
Adriana Stars have some some sort of a, a, a team. Many people are not looking at. When they went to Karela last week, um, players like Sam Adams, who was their best player last season, was on the bench. Abdul Fatau, Fatau Abdulman was also on the bench. They had um, some key players on the bench. Prince Aqua, Kwame Adum Frimpong, all these players were not involved. But they were able to get a draw at, at, at Carrera. So I'm, I want to see how they are going to fare um, at the Nanaji Mambedu Park in Doma tomorrow. Uh, yeah, tomorrow. Um, last season, Adriana Stars were the only unbeaten side at home. So if they are to continue that, it means they will get a win against King Fisher. And if they are to stay unbeaten at home this season too, which how they started getting some draws um, in, in Anyanase, it means that they, they, they could also get some draws at certain venues uh, in the Ghana Premier, and that is making them contenders for the title. So um, I'll, I'll be looking at how Adriana Stars will, 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 will fare in their first home game of the season, looking at the inclusions of Kwame Adon Fempon, Emmanuel Jemfi. They've also signed um, um, uh, Techi Warbeck from Tanobo Fakwa. So uh, it's like Adriana are uh, forming a very strong team, and if you are facing them, you have to be very, very cautious. You have to be very, very careful and make sure you don't make many mistakes. Once you make many mistakes, then they, they, are, they are going to beat you. So um, it's one game I, I, I will never miss. I'll, I'll put my eye on the, that game and, uh, and see how things will go. Kifesa, um, they got a win against Wafa, but I, was not, I, I wasn't so much impressed with their performance. Maybe probably it is because... Um, your key player, Yakubu uh, Wadudu, was not involved. I'm, I'm sure by now his registration has been sorted out, so he can play in, in Doma. But I'm not expecting Kifisa to get a win there. Probably the best, the best they can they can get is a draw. Last week when I was at the Baba Asko Stadium, everybody who was at the Baba Asko Stadium was sharing Kifisa on the... Mm. All they were saying is that they want Kifisa to stay in the league. So if Kifisa wants to stay in the league, then... Their, their game against Adriana Stars, there should be an improvement. There should be um, a sign that, yes, Kinfesa are going to give us good football this season. Excellent. No, Adams, thank you very much for your time. You know, normally we'll be talking about the uh, the CAF competitions and all, but it's okay. Now but not did the job of the women. So we'll definitely talk about it when we get back deeply into it in a few weeks' time. No, Adams joining me on the line to talk about the Ghana Premier League games to come. And yes, guys, you want to look out for that. Kumasiya Santos got to cup against the Champions United for all it's got. I mean, for the Rasmatas around that. It's because, you know, Kotoko going back to the Babayara Sports Stadium. We'll be bringing you the reports as you normally know we will do. And then we'll keep our tabs on what will be happening elsewhere in the Ghana Premier League. Now, just on that, we have to find out the games then to come. Uh, to complete match day two, the starter today with Wafa drawing 1 1 way to Crown Hearts. Here's Mubarak Haruna with that. The hearts of Oakfield to claim the needed three points against Wafa following the 1 1 draw. Asante Kotoko have the opportunity to extend the point gap and ultimately reclaim the tough spot when they face table toppers, Bechem United, at their favorite Kumasi Babayara Stadium, their first match at the venue in over a year. But it will not be plain sailing. Bechem United are coming into this fixture on the back of a resounding triumph over title Hope Folks, Mediama Sporting Club, at the Nana Fosuji Park in the season opener. A win. That has skyrocketed their confidence coming into the clash on Sunday. Ashanti Good achieved success on the opening day after beating 11 Wonders 
1-0 in Techiman last week. The Miners hope to make it two out of two when they welcome title contenders Karela United at the Lenclay Stadium in Oboase. Karela will also try to record their first win of the season against the Miners. The visitors are confident as they have gone unbeaten in their last two visits at the Lenclay Stadium. The Pride and Passion Club won 1-0 in the special competition in Oboase and drew 2-2 with the Miners in the Premiership last season. After attaining a point against defending champions Hearts of Oak, Legon Cities on Saturday will seek their first win when they host Real Tamale United at the Accra Sports Stadium. RTU held Great Olympics on day one and are optimistic they can cause an upset against the Royals. However, Legon City's goalkeeper Ofori Entry, who joined the Royals before the start of a league season, is back in the side to brush aside the Premier League returnees. Another newly promoted side is Accra Lions and they will lock horns with Great Olympics at the Accra Sports Stadium. The debutant came from behind to snatch a point against Elmina Sharks in the season's opener. Their reliable striker, Rob Salifu, is aiming to continue his form against the Wonder Club. The forward ended up as top scorer in last season's Division 1 league with 21 goals and also netted against Elmina Sharks. However, Jamal Din, Haruna and Zachary Hamza will hope to keep him at bay. In other games, Dreams FC travel to the central region to lock horns with Elmina Sharks at the Indum Sports Stadium. Very eager to bounce back from the disappointing defeat to Asante Kotoko. Adriana Stars welcome Kim Faisal at the Nana Ajimambedu Park and at the Golden City Park. Brekum Chelsea entertain 11 wonders. Harry Namubarak there with that uh, report. And of course, the wrap and looking forward to the games to come. And March day two of the Ghana Premier League. And you know we're right here as well. Division one starts this weekend. And so we've got all of that for you as we try to tap it up. Well, you're still in the locker room and join 89.7 FM. And you want to send us your messages on the WhatsApp line 0551-111-997. All right, time to switch it up. Live on radio, live online. This is the locker room with George Addo Jr. Always a good time then to just check in what's been happening in the world of sports, especially in football in Europe. Yeah, quite a lot. And we normally present that to you in a Joy Sports BBC two-way series. John Bennett is back. Uh, he wasn't too fit a few weeks ago. But he's back and uh, it was a very great chat once again as we looked at the managerial casualties. I mean, the ones that are definitely reality and the ones that are cooking up somewhere in France. And of course, the derbies to look forward to. Plus, great English Premier League action to come. Yeah, it's a good one as well. Arsenal could go 10 games unbeaten. That would be really good for Thomas Partey and the Lats when they play against Watford. Now time to get into the Joy Sports BBC Two-Way Series. Enjoy this one when we come back. There's much more to come on our show. Thanks, Sean, for your time, as always, on The Locker Room. And it's always great to have you here. And, of course, we have to start with the managerial casualty of the week. Leno Espirito Santo was sacked after a string of poor results at Spurs. How much of this was down to the manager and was he fairly dealt with? Hi, George. Great to speak to you again. I don't think it's, it's fair. I don't think we could call it fair. But I do think it was the right decision in the end to sack Nuno Espirito Santo. To be honest, I think it was the the wrong decision in the first place to appoint him. I think he was the wrong man. I think he was way down their list of people they actually wanted. And now, eventually, 
they have got their first choice. Antonio Conte is their their first choice. So I don't think we can call it fair. What was it? 16 games in the end that uh, he had in charge. Only a few months. He won manager of the month in his first month. So you can never call it fair. But let's look at the performances. They were really poor. Even the wins they picked up, they were narrow wins. And I, I just didn't feel that there was any positive momentum there. He didn't seem to have developed a relationship with the players, even though it was very early. So, yes, I think it's very harsh. But in the end, I'm sad to say it's, it's probably the correct decision, particularly when you consider who they brought in. So, John, it's the former Chelsea manager, Antonio Conte, who takes over the job, knowing how ambitious he can be. The Italian will be really hoping to win things with Spurs. But is this the kind of squad and manager he really needs? Yeah, I think there are two ways of looking at it. The first way is to say, wow, what an appointment. You know, George, you know, you love Chelsea. You know what he did for, for your football club. Antonio Conte did a great job there. Did a brilliant job at Juventus. Wonderful job at Inter uh, over the last couple of seasons, winning the title last season. The one question mark he's had, I think, is performances in Europe. Uh, remember, they lost the Europa League final, knocked out in the Champions League in the early stages a few times as well with with Juve and with Inter. Uh, but that's a long way on the horizon for Tottenham. They can only dream of the Champions League at the moment. Um, in, in terms of whether you think the owner is good enough, listen, it's not whether he's good enough, it's whether he will provide the funds for Antonio Conte to build the squad. And I think that is a huge, huge question mark. That is a massive question mark as to whether Antonio Conte will get what he needs to develop this Tottenham team into a winning team. Because we know that Antonio Conte is very, very demanding. He often fall out, falls out with people above him. He does have a good relationship with the sporting director at Tottenham. I think that is a plus. But in January and in the summer transfer window, Antonio Conte will be demanding a lot from the Tottenham board. And in the past, we haven't seen them deliver when it comes to transfers and backing their managers. Yes, they, they brought in some, some good players. But with the stadium being built, I think that has... That has sometimes cost them in the transfer market and they haven't really invested when they needed to. But, you know, the big example of that was after the Champions League final when Maurizio Pochettino really needed to, some investment in the squad to, to help him to build the squad. Tottenham didn't really go for it in that summer transfer window. So we'll see. That is my one question mark, my one doubt as to whether this relationship between Antonio Conte and Tottenham can work. So, John, it appears Antonio Conte was perhaps about the most suitable replacement for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, that's if he was ever going to be sacked. All of a sudden, it appears there are no contenders for his job. Is that the peace of mind Ole Gunnar Solskjaer needs to work? Well, I don't think he, he can have much peace of mind because I think if, if the Manchester derby, if, if it goes wrong, if the performance is anywhere near as bad as the performance against Liverpool, and I think we're back to square one when it comes to the pressure on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Good performance last weekend against Tottenham, 3-0 win, but Tottenham um, were really poor. Needed a, an injury time equaliser against Atalanta, some Cristiano Ronaldo magic. Yet again, it's, it's relying on individual skill, individuals turning a game rather than, um, rather than a game plan, rather than the tactics working. So we'll see this weekend. It's going to be very tough. No Rafael Varane. I don't think Antonio Conte was the man that Manchester United were looking for to take them forward if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer left. I, I just don't think they felt that his personality fitted in with the club. Where else are they going to look? Brendan Rodgers has been mentioned, but he's got strong links to Liverpool. I can't see how that would work with the Manchester United fans. Zinedine Zidane apparently doesn't want to work in England. 
So you're right, there aren't that many contenders out there to take on the job. So I think the Manchester United board are hoping, hoping against hope that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer can turn this around and turn this Manchester United team packed with talent into a winning unit. John, we know Newcastle are close to an agreement with Eddie Howe to become the club's new manager. And many clothes of the club have indicated the former Bournemouth boss will be in charge for Saturday's Premier League game at Brighton. What more do you know? And is he the man for Newcastle? Well, let's be fair to Eddie Howe. He did a wonderful job at Bournemouth. He took them from a team at the bottom of the fourth division, the bottom of League Two, having had points deducted due to going into administration. And he took them to the Premier League. And they stayed in the Premier League as well for a few seasons. I just wonder how much his confidence has been hit, how much his reputation has been tarnished by that final season when Bournemouth went down. And I just wonder if he's the type of manager they need right now because he plays great football, Eddie Howe, when everything's flowing, when everything's going well. But defensively, there were big question marks. And also, the big question marks were around his recruitment in the Premier League, particularly in those final couple of seasons. The players he brought in didn't really improve the team and some big money was spent as well, relatively speaking. So that would put a few doubts in my mind if I was a Newcastle fan. But let's remember, let's forget that fight. If you forget that final season he had at Bournemouth, the rest of it, the rest of the work he did was brilliant. He was being mentioned as a possible Arsenal boss, wasn't he, for a long time. So let's give him a chance. Let's see if it works. Very difficult job, though. I think they're in a lot of danger of getting relegated this season. Things need to turn around very quickly. They've got some fixtures um, just after the international break. They play Burnley, they play Norwich. Those are must-win games. John Moore managers, because it appears there is a developing situation at the moment around former Spurs boss Mauricio Pochettino at PSG. What has he been doing wrong with the Paris Saint-Germain squad at the moment? Yeah, the French media are getting on his back, despite the fact that they are top of Ligue 1. I think it's eight points clear, despite the fact that they're on course to, to make it to the last 16 of the Champions League. Still some work to do after their draw against RB Leipzig. Mauricio Bochettino is, is getting some criticism. I think there are a few reasons why. I don't think this team has an identity yet. It's nothing like the Maurizio Pochettino Tottenham team. I I just don't think Maurizio Pochettino is comfortable at the moment with having a team of stars. Someone made a great point to me um, earlier this week. They said with Tottenham, he made a team of stars. With Paris Saint-Germain, he's been given a team of stars. And I don't think he's particularly comfortable with that. So... There doesn't seem to be a game plan. There doesn't seem to be a Maurizio Pochettino identity. Defensively, they've had problems. There have been a lot of scrappy wins. You know, they picked up the results domestically, but there have been a lot of scrappy late wins. So, yeah, I I think it's it's difficult at the moment for Maurizio Pochettino and Paris Saint-Germain. I don't think he's under any direct pressure. But if they lose badly to Manchester City in the next Champions League game... And there's any possibility of them being knocked out of the Champions League, that's when the pressure could ramp up for Maurizio Pochettino. So, John, is the Manchester derby between Pep Guardiola's men and the Red Army of Oligana Socia. Manchester City are desperate to get back to winning ways, of course, after the loss to Crystal Palace. All these men will want to do everything to prevent another poor showing like that 5-0 driving at the hands of Liverpool. Where will this game be won or lost? Well, quite simply, I think if Manchester City turn up, if Manchester City are anywhere near their best, then I can't see any other result than a big Manchester City win. Manchester United have to be at their absolute best and hope Manchester City have an off day to get anything from this game. I think they have to be solid in midfield. Manchester United, something we haven't seen from them. 
I think their back three has to be solid, which is going to be very difficult without Rafael Varane. David De Gea has to have a world-class performance. Uh, he was a bit disappointing, wasn't he, against Atalanta midweek, despite having a great season. And we need some magic from the likes of Cavani, the likes of Ronaldo, because yeah, everything, I think, has to go well for Manchester United and Manchester City have to have an off day. They have to have one of those days where they create lots of chances, but don't take them, because we know that whatever happens, City will create chances. It's just how many they take on the day. John, let's talk about the top games this weekend then and the storylines you will be chasing. I guess Chelsea, Burnley, West Ham, Liverpool, Arsenal, Watford all feature in that. Yeah, Arsenal could go 10 matches unbeaten. They are looking superb, aren't they, this season? That was a really good win over Leicester City last season. They started the game with brilliant intensity. Aaron Ramsdale, their goalkeeper, I think, sums up the personality, the character that Mikel Arteta is starting to instil in this team. Great to see Thomas Partey playing really well as well. Uh, Chelsea against Burnley is slightly more interesting than I think it would have been had Burnley not won last weekend to get off the mark in the Premier League. So they'll have a bit of confidence. They'll feel they have nothing to lose going to Stamford Bridge, but Chelsea should win that comfortably. West Ham, Liverpool, though, for me, one of the games of the weekend because you've got West Ham in great form. They could go above Liverpool with a win. That's how good they've been this season. And the fact it's at the London Stadium... For me, gives West Ham a chance. Don't get me wrong, I think Liverpool are the favourites. But I was at Anfield last weekend when they drew 2-2 against Brighton. There are some vulnerabilities at the back, particularly getting behind the two full-backs or wing-backs as Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold like to play. So, not a foregone conclusion, that game. Uh, yeah, another great weekend in the Premier League, George, and um, make sure you enjoy it. Good luck to Chelsea. Thank you very much, John, for your time on the show. Uh, good luck to Chelsea. That's John there. Good luck to Leicester City, John. John as well. Uh, l- let's just tell you about the games to come and uh, quite a number of them to come. And really, as yes, we try to set it out here on our show, we're 42 minutes past the hour seven. Uh, look, let's tell you. Uh, I know you're following the Manchester United versus uh, Manchester City game. It's good. Yeah. We've got Chelsea up against Burnley. There's West Ham. Uh, we'll be up against Liverpool. That's it. Arsenal play Watford. Everton up against Tottenham Hotspur in that uh, first game for. Antonio Conte in charge of Spurs. Then in the Italian Serie, of course, you know that uh, we've got Napoli up against Verona. AS Roma would travel to Venetia. The Milan derby would take place at the San Siro. It'll be interesting to see how it goes there. Pochettino will be hoping that uh, Messi is back as PSG go away to Bordeaux. Kamali Suleiman as Ren uh, will host Leon for a chance to break into the top four. Lille will play younger. And of course, uh, Marseille up against Mets. These are the games to look out for. The Germans won the Liga. We've got Bayern playing third place Freiburg. There's Dortmund up against RB Leipzig. There, of course, will also be the Red Bull Arena to see what goes on there. There's Hefe Berlin up against Bayern because these are the games you want to be looking out for uh, this weekend. And. Um, so far as football investment is concerned, well, you want to make your choices as you go. Quite, quite important for you as you get in there. There's more to come on our show. We talk about basketball. We'll tell you what is really there to look forward to later tonight. But we have to get onto the circuit right now. Live on radio, live online. This is the locker room with George Addo Jr. Sergio Perez and then the Ferrari of Charles Leclerc yeah. and that gives him 
him the chance to lap with the DRS. Verstappen is keeping his cool, he's keeping his calm and composure, and he is keeping the lead as well. His first sector, a tenth up on Lewis Hamilton, it's taken him beyond that DRS threat. While that's been happening, Valtteri Bottas has finally got past Carlos Sainz. Max Verstappen is going to lead and double his advantage in the World Championship for the first time on US soil. Max Verstappen wins the US Grand Prix. Lewis Hamilton has to settle for second. The charge got close, but not quite close enough. The fireworks on track are replaced by fireworks shooting into the air. Verstappen wins at Cota. What a Grand Prix that was. Formula One next, and the United States Grand Prix was a race that encapsulated the 2021 Formula One season so far. Incredibly close, tense, and gripping, decided by fine margins, and ending with Max Verstappen's Red Bull on top. Verstappen's eighth victory in 17 races was one of the best of his career. It was founded on typically aggressive and dynamic Red Bull strategy. Mercedes were left asking themselves questions as to whether, after Lewis Hamilton took the lead at the start, they could have done anything to win the race. Had Hamilton won, he would have retaken the championship lead. Instead, the 14-point net swing that Verstappen secured by holding off the charging seven-time champion in an exciting finale secured the Dutchman a 12-point lead heading into the final five races and arguably re-established him as a favorite to win his very first world title. So let's get some analysis heading into the Mexican Grand Prix. And joining me is our Formula 1 expert, Raymond Yamado. Thanks, Raymond, for your time. Uh, look, Max Verstappen surprised many with a win over Hamilton in USA last time out. It went against what was originally thought would happen with Verstappen overtaking Lewis Hamilton. Does that sum up the season in totality? And has Red Bull and Verstappen been just too good for Mercedes and Hamilton this year? We've seen a combination of excellent racecraft from Max Verstappen, coupled with the brilliant decisions being taken by the Red Bull team, especially when it comes to that aggressive tie strategy. I think that at the start of the season, at the point in time, Red Bull realized that they had problems with their ties, and tie management seemed to be a problem for them. Once they got that fixed, coupled with the speed they started the season with, it was always going to be very difficult for Mercedes to compete. I think that for most times we've seen them race, they've actually set that car up for pace, and you know, you could actually tell that Mercedes had always played catch-up in races. There are times Max Verstappen has capitulated to enable Mercedes to actually get into the races. And even that, they haven't really taken full advantage of, you know, some of those capitulations. I think that what we saw in the United States just typified how the season has gone for Team Mercedes. Because you look at that tight strategy. Once Max Verstappen stopped on the 10th lap, you could actually tell that Mercedes were far in the lead. But once Max Verstappen, you know, tried to catch up with Lewis Hamilton, and then Lewis Hamilton having to stop on the 13th lap just to make sure he changes his time, you could actually tell that, you know, they were going to go at each other. Again, when Max Verstappen pitted on the 29th lap to have a tight change, Lewis Hamilton still drove on, and even at the time that he pitted, 19 laps to the end of the race, he was 11.4 seconds ahead of uh, the driver Max Verstappen. But... It was always going to be very difficult to catch up with Max, especially when he's on top speed and when he's on top form. And that clearly um, typified how the race went. Despite the fact that Lewis Hamilton, you know, put up a spirited fight to actually, you know, cross the line 1.3 seconds behind Max Verstappen, it was still too little, too late. And so, full credit to that aggressive tie strategy from Red Bull. Full credit to how they set up their chances for pace, how they set up their chances for more grip on the circuit. I think that, without doubt, 
Red Bull have done something smarter than Mercedes this season, and that should be credited for how fast we are seeing them perform um, as far as pace is concerned, and how smart we've seen Max Verstappen take decisions on the on the circuit and win races. I think that full credit to Team Red Bull, and they've actually outsmarted Mercedes this time around. Well, Raymond, with the way the season has gone, is it possible to see Verstappen win the Mexican Grand Prix and Paul Clay in the championship standings this weekend? All the signals are pointing towards a Max Verstappen win this weekend once again. Uh, George, you look at that circuit, that um, um, Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez. That circuit is 2,285 meters above sea level. Clearly, very thin airspace is in there. And so, chances or cars have to set up for high downforce. Now, when you set up for high downforce, it means that you're sacrificing a lot of speed. You know, you're going to have a low drag and that would enable you to navigate your corners very well, you know, with a lot of grip. And that is what that Red Bull chassis is noted for. Red Bull are always noted to set their car up for, you know, high downforce, especially on circuits that reward downforce. And so, you know, you can't see anything other than a Max Verstappen win. We can only talk about the fact that, you know, at times this season where you've expected Lewis Hamilton to use the advantage of his dominance on certain circuits to win races, exactly failed to do so. Exactly allowed Max Verstappen, who relatively hasn't won races on such circuits to win. The reverse has been the case. So where you expect Max Verstappen to take advantage of certain circuits because of how it's used their chances, he's also failed to take advantage. And so that could be the only reason why you could be talking about a Lewis Hamilton win rather than a Max Verstappen win. But that said, after winning with Red Bull in 2017 and 2018, Max Verstappen certainly knows that circuit very well. And looking at how it's going to be set up, it's going to be very difficult. And you can actually expect that on the long streets, they may not be too quick. But in the medium corners, where you would expect a lot of grip to enable the car navigate the corners very well, that is where Max Verstappen could be very dangerous. And so, you know, it's, it's very difficult to see anything other than a Max Verstappen win this weekend. But, you know, this has been the story of the season. It's been quite inconsistent. It's been quite topsy heavy. But if Red Bull have everything going as you would expect, with a high downforce, with a low drag, you know, with Max Verstappen's, you know, race craft and the tight strategy of Red Bull, if everything is spot on, George, it's very difficult to see how Mercedes are going to get into this one. And Mercedes do know. They know they have a challenge with this particular circuit and the Interlagos in Brazil. These are the next two circuits that they are going to race on. And it certainly suits that Red Bull chassis. And so, for me, um, it's hard to call, but... Anything can happen, especially looking at how the season has gone. Anything is possible, but it looks very much like Max Verstappen could have another win and that could extend his lead at the top of the championship leaderboard. Raymond, let's look beyond Hamilton and Verstappen. In your view, what are the side stories we should be looking at in Mexico? I think there's still a lot to drive for in that middle table. And so you look at Valtteri Bottas, who is 35 points ahead of Sergio Perez. I still think that Sergio Perez, uh, despite the fact that he finished third in the last race, I still think that he hasn't, you know, been at full throttle. I think he's, he's, he's gone off the pace a bit. And that's actually allowed the likes of Leclerc and Norris to close the gap a bit. I still think that if you look at all the drivers on the circuit, between Perez and Lando Norris, just one point separates both drivers. And so you could expect a lot of competition between Red Bull second driver Perez and McLaren's driver uh, Lando Norris. Just one point separates them. And you can expect Lando Norris to chase for that fourth spot or possibly even finish third if he can be able to usurp Valtteri Bottas in there. You also look at that race between fifth and sixth where you have Lando Norris and Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc in the last two races has shown a very spirited fight. I think that that power unit changed to... Yeah, Ferrari team has given them a bit of a lift. And so you can see McLaren, um, you see uh, Leclerc actually showing, you know, a bit of dominance. I think that that would be a problem for McLaren's Lando Norris because just 
21 point separate boat drivers. I think at a point in the season, it was quite a huge gap. But Leclerc, after a couple of beautiful performances, has been able to close that gap. And so Ferrari all of a sudden have suddenly come into the equation. And so we'll be looking at what Charles Leclerc can do in this weekend's race. We can see if he can gain more points to be able to close the gap further on Lando Norris in faith. And so you look at the performance of Leclerc and it tells you that Ferrari are beginning to come into the race. You also talk about Carlos Sainz, who is currently seventh. I think that he's been able to complement the efforts of his of his of his compatriot Leclerc very well. And that's how come we are seeing Ferrari all of a sudden coming into the mid table of the race and even trying to finish fourth or finish fifth. That's where a lot of competition is going to be. We'll see who's actually going to get better this time around. Is it going to be Perez? Is it going to be Lando Norris? Is it going to be Charles Leclerc? Or Sainz can actually come in with a surprise. I think that Ricciardo, for most part, after that Monza win, hasn't maintained the momentum, and so he's dropped off a bit. And so we are going to look at that fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh position and see if we can see a change this weekend, especially looking at the performances we've seen from some of the drivers in the past few weeks. But I'm tipping the likes of Leclerc and Lando Norris to have a go at each other and possibly try to claim that fourth spot from Perez this weekend. Finally, Raymond, what will be your podium predictions looking at the kind of race we're going to have on Sunday? Podium finishes, I'll still stick with Max Verstappen, uh, looking at the advantage of that circuit, rewarding downforce. I'll definitely be looking at Max Verstappen to win this race. And then I'm looking at Lewis Hamilton coming in second. I think that um, he was able to usurp Ferrari in 2019 when everybody was expecting Ferrari to be the dominant force. Again, with the advantage of downforce, I think that Lewis Hamilton was able to win that particular race. I don't know if that's going to happen this time around in Mexico. But all things being equal, you can expect Lewis Hamilton to finish on the podium. Um, certainly behind Max Verstappen, that if things go as you would expect Red Bull to actually dominate things. And then rewarding downforce you can look at ferrari and if you are talking about ferrari we'll look at the last few races of charlie clerk and his dominance and his performance i think that between him and carlos Sainz, they would want to make a mark for themselves and so i think that we could just see ferrari finishing on the podium this time around and i think that either leclerc or Sainz, with the advantages the circuit comes with and with the high downforce which certainly would favor you know ferrari i still think that ferrari could be in the podium finishes this weekend so max verstappen to win lewis hamilton to come in second and one of the ferrari drivers could come in third in this weekend's race thank you very much raymond for your time on the show and of course we have some more to do here live on radio live online this is the locker room with george addo jr a number of miles just lined up on the MGM ground. I'll be telling you about what will be happening in Las Vegas. That will be on Sunday. Yes, quite a number of things. Sal Alvarez as well is actually going to be in there. So we'll look at that one for you. But now we'll have to talk about the NBA. But it's quite a lot coming up on Twitter. Joining me in studio to do this one right now, uh, my colleague Joel Botte is in house. How are you doing, Joel? George, you know the deal. I'm feeling fine. I'm feeling great. Yeah, I can see that you're buzzing and you're getting yourselves ready for Twitter Spaces later tonight. Are Joyce was GH or when tomorrow? Tomorrow, tomorrow. Okay, okay, okay. Not so much then. We'll be looking forward to that. What time tomorrow? 7 p.m. We're talking about basketball. Okay. Everything basketball, everything NBA. Everything. Okay. Uh, let's just touch on one of the few things that, you know, we just saw because the LA Lakers, you know, once again blew a second quarter lead against the Oklahoma City Thunder to lose the game this season. Now, you, you definitely watched it. You can tell us what, what really happened there to the Lakers. 
So I believe Lakers, they're having chemistry issues. They've been struggling all season. And even though they have a 5-4 record, mm. they currently sit ninth on the Western Conference table. They've, they've, um, they have injury problems with LeBron. And also, for some reason, they're just not fitting. The, 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 the pieces, the, the players are not gelling as, as a team. Yeah. So that's just basically the problem there. That's basically what, the problem. What, I, I would have gone on and on to ask you a few questions, yes, because the LeBron, the LeBron bit comes in and uh, is he going to be fine? Well, he has abnorm, um, abdominal pain. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're, they're saying it will take about a week or two hmm. for him to get better. But the team is also trying to relax his uncle as well because he's old and they don't want him to have... Okay, you make him sound like a grandfather anyway. Yeah. <laughs> he's aging. Yeah, he's <laughs> aging. More polite, maybe. Yeah. Okay, you're so, right. So yeah. that's what's happening. So they're trying to relax him and then get him fit, mainly for the playoffs. They want to, as they, they call it, it's, it's not a race. Hmm. They're trying to take their time. It's a marathon. I'll try my best to stay away from, you know, the wild predictions. It's too early in the season, isn't it? Okay, yeah. but, but I think it's good. It's good the way you're, you're flowing. Let's talk again about the games to come then. What are we supposed to be looking out for this weekend? So this weekend, um, I believe a lot of people don't know this, but Philadelphia Success has a good record against the Chicago Bulls. And Chicago Bulls are doing so well this season. Hmm. They're currently third and on the table. And interestingly... Philadelphia success have been beating the Bulls since 2019. They've right. not lost a single game against the Bulls since 2019. Midweek, they played the Bulls, an uninformed Bulls, but still the Bulls lost to, to, to the success. So they're trying to see if this weekend they can beat the, the success again. If possible, then they break that record. So that's one game. Another game we can look mm. forward to is also um, um, Miami Heat, who take on the Utah Jazz. Mm. We'd we'll like to see how Kalari, Jimmy Butler, and possibly bump bump Adebayo against the, the defensive player of the year in Rudy Gobert and also Donovan Mitchell. Let's see how it goes too. Yeah, so these are the games we'll be chasing and uh, Joel and the team will be chasing that. You want to join them as they take you through that. The third spaces, so that's tomorrow at Joy Sports GH. Aside the basketball, there's so much happening on there. You want to check out all the news and stuff. Michelle just... Uh, I went through the rap. What happened with Hazaka's ladies and, and, and Malabo Kings? I want to read all of that there. Plus, we'll be on with, with the football. Yeah, uh, we'll yeah, be on with everything. Yeah. Hey, hey, we have a GPO space. GPO space today. Okay, yes, so, so you are discussing how to folk, right? How to folk. And we're we'll checking everything that's gone out there. So just join us at Joy Sports GH. If you are holding your phone now, you quickly want to check it out. Uh, to tell you as well, for those of you who are chasing the boxing, okay, yeah. I was telling you, uh, Sal. Alvarez is up against Caleb Plant. That's one to look out for. Also on Sunday, there is Anthony Derrell Mark up against Mark Anthony Hernandez. We've also got Rances uh, Batlemi up against Gustavo David Vittori. We've also got, oh yeah, I like this one, Jose Manuel Gomez up against Jose Antonio Meza. All happening at the MGM Grand. It's been fantastic. It's been great. Well, I have to do this though. We're <laughs> it's a it's it's a birthday and this is a very special one. You normally don't get this on the locker room, but I has a very is a chaotic fan, so it's all fine. So a uh, special birthday then to Mr. Joy Kabanu, uh, Chemu Senior High School. Your special blessing, and inspiring person. You possibly sculpt everyone around you, just like the subjects you teach. Uh, I wish you a day full of God's blessings. This is coming from uh, Eddie here at Multimedia. So we say a big thank you to everybody for joining us on the show as well. It's going to be a crazy weekend. We're on with the sports review tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. on the Joy News channel. We will have the sports link later in the afternoon from 12, uh, 15. If you want to join us for that? We have a scoreboard later in the evening. And then we've got the sports arena on Sunday. You want to join us for all this. Plus... Follow us on our social media accounts. My name is George Adi Jr. It's been a pleasure coming away with another edition of The Locker Room. So we're back next week. As you know, be good.
Thanks for listening to the Locker Room.